Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Mark Hackle, who is Managing Director of Lane Hub at Transplace. And today we're going to talk about freight lane matching and collaboration. Now, everyone in the transportation uh, industry knows that there's a lot of waste in the system. Um, you know, waste in the form of underutilized capacity and empty miles, for example, that results in added costs and inefficiencies for both shippers and, uh, you know, carriers. Um, you know, one way to address this problem is through collaborative shipping. That is, have multiple shippers and carriers work together, um, you know, to, uh, you know, create more efficient and cost-effective uh, operations. Um, you know, historically, you know, uh, collaborative shipping has been easier said than done. But thanks to advancements in technology and other factors, it's certainly gaining, you know, momentum uh, today. Um, so how is, uh, you know, uh, how is technology uh, uh, helping to uh, enable uh, collaborative shipping? What are some of the challenges? And what are the benefits to both shippers and carriers alike? Well, those are just some of the questions we're going to address in today's episode. And it's great to have Mark on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So, Mark, welcome to the program. Thanks, Adrian. It's great to be here. Now, Mark, you and I go back, you know, uh, you know, m many years, and uh, uh, and I've, I've known I've known a little bit about your your career path. But I just for our audience, I'm always curious. Whenever we bring on a, a new guest, you know, for them to you know kind of share how they got into this crazy industry that that we're in uh, today, especially during the, this uh, crazy time we're in right now with you know, the coronavirus outbreak and everything that's happening out there. So before we dive into this topic of freight lane matching and collaboration, um, why don't you tell us brief, you know, tell us briefly a little bit about your career path, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics, and what's your current role and responsibilities there at Transplace? Sure, absolutely. So uh, started my career in actually technology as a software developer, but quickly transitioned into transportation and logistics. Spent about 20 years of my career uh, working for large manufacturers, so a large paper company, which is where I saw some of the first collaboration between cross-company collaboration occurring. Um, also spent a good part of my career with a, with a large dairy manufacturer and uh, got an opportunity to collaborate with suppliers and customers and, and really see how our networks aligned with one another and where we could gain efficiencies from sharing private and dedicated fleets. Uh, spent a good part of my career also uh, working with a carrier as, uh, as a salesperson for a carrier as well as uh, for a large third-party logistics company and, and in all of these situations really kind of learned a lot about what works for collaboration across companies and what and what doesn't. Um, then uh, took a little career change, uh, launched a company called Lane Hub uh, about five years ago and re really uh, enjoyed that, built that company up over that five-year period, um, and we brought on close to 150 of the largest uh, shippers in North America, representing about 23 billion in freight spend, uh, which is very exciting. And, and then we were most recently here acquired by Transplace. Uh, so now uh, working with them and very excited about uh, taking, taking Lane Hub and, and what we do for our customers to the next level. Yeah, it's great. I, I love it when, you know, folks have experience in multiple uh, uh, nodes in the supply chain, right? So on the manufacturing side, right, the shipper side, uh, the, the 3PL side, and, and as well as the technology side right now. So you really come at it from, you know, multiple, you know, per perspectives that can, you know, have walked in the shoes of all those different, yeah. uh, you know, roles. And I, I remember when you launched Lane Hub, and I, I know I shared this on Talking Logistics, because I remember it, 
coming up and seeing your profile on LinkedIn saying, you know, Mark has started a new role, you know, founder of LaneHub. And when I kind of looked into it, I saw that it was around collaborative shipping, which has always been a topic of interest for me. And I, I know I shared the screenshot on talking logistics of me reaching out to you over five years ago, say, hey, I'm, you know, congrats on the new role. I, I want to know more. And now here we are five years later, um, you know, after this acquisition, as you mentioned, by, by Transplace. And uh, certainly, like I said, you know, in my opening comments, this has been the topic of conversation and interest for many in the industry for, for a long time. And, uh, but, but despite the kind of the recognized benefits for both shippers and carriers, historically collaborative shipping has been, you know, easier, you know, said than done. So, so why don't we start there? I mean, what, what have been some of the historical challenges involved? Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you think back uh, 20 years ago, uh, you know, before there was really technology out there to help with this, um, a lot of folks just had very manual processes to try and align their networks, uh, you know, maybe meeting at a conference or, uh, you know, sharing data through spreadsheets, those kinds of things, and just a lot of manual intervention to try and um, find where those synergies can could could occur. Um, you know, the other thing is is the density. Um, there really wasn't enough. Uh, even if you found uh, somebody to collaborate with, you needed to really have a network of companies with enough density to create real meaningful. Uh, value. Otherwise, you're, you're running too many empty miles, you're running uh, trucks out of route. And so all of those, those are things were challenges initially. The other thing that I think was a, was a challenge initially was companies often looked at it as a, as like a one-time effort as opposed to an ongoing continuous improvement type of, uh, type of thing. So, so from a resource standpoint, they would apply resources to it. Uh, but then they become resource constrained and, and eventually the, the, the initiative would just kind of go away. Um, so th those are some of the challenges initially. The other thing I would say is creating, um, you know, mutual benefit for all of the companies involved. So how, if, if you're allocating cost or savings, how do you allocate that savings in a, in a fair way? Um, and then the operational aspect of it. So that's really the timing of, of sharing capacity. You know, what happens if a truck breaks down? Um, you know, the day of week that the companies are shipping. Those are some of the kind of concerns and initially that companies really uh, had with collaborating. Yeah, and I, I saw the same things too. I mean, I, I always saw a lot of excitement, right? And then, you know, people would get into a conference room and like you said, they would bring out their spreadsheets or their maps and so forth and say, okay, yeah, it looks like we have some, you know, opportunities in these lanes and these areas. But then, you know, the devil was always in the details. And then when it came down to, you know, the day-to-day -day operations uh, of it and managing the exceptions when they occurred or understanding what those exceptions could be and what the, um, you know, how each party was going to, uh, you know, respond to that and so forth. And that's when people, you know, got, uh, um, you know, certainly there were a lot of good case studies out there, but, you know, it was those companies that really thought through all these different specifics, uh, you know, ahead of time and worked through them, you know, versus those that, you know, kind of came out of the conference room they went into the conference room excited for the opportunities and came out of the conference room saying, you know, this is probably too hard to do, particularly at that point in time with a lot of the manual, uh, you know, processes uh, in place. And like you said, a lot of it thinking more for in terms of a project versus a continuous business process. Right. I think, I think that's been one of the bigger, uh, you know, changes to date. So, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, overcoming some of these challenges you talked about was one of the main reasons you, you ended up launching, you know, Lane Hub. I remember our conversation, you know, from, from years ago, um, so, so how is technology, um, you know, enabling collaborative shipping, you know, today? I mean, what, what are some of the, the key capabilities required? 
Yes, yes. So, you know, it's interesting if you go back 10, 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, companies still weren't quite comfortable, uh, you know, with allowing social network type of activity at work. So Facebook or LinkedIn and those types of things. I think those were some of the changes that have occurred over the last, I'll say, 10 years here that's really enabled this type of collaboration because the technology might have been there. But, uh, you know, were companies allowing their employees to kind of engage in, and use technology the way we're using it today? So that, that's certainly one, one big change. The other thing is, I would say, you know, making it incredibly easy for companies to participate. Uh, so simple, low cost, uh, kind of a social network type of atmosphere as opposed to kind of a, a large uh, project initiative. So those... Uh, you know, that's part of it. The other thing is, is being able to quickly find the synergies. So if you have a lot of data and a very dense network of, of freight lanes, how do you quickly filter through all of that and find where the real opportunities are? And technology certainly, certainly enables, you know, that capability as well. Uh, you know, scaling beyond the TMS is another piece that I'll talk about. So having access to a larger network of shippers who want to collaborate where you don't, you know, they can still remain on their existing TMS system, which, which maybe they've invested heavily into already, but still collaborate with other shippers, um, you know, through this kind of social networking type of technology. So uh, not forcing them to, to, to move to a specific uh, uh, TMS system, uh, I think is a key, key piece. Um, we, we focused our initiatives on the static kind of aspects of collaboration. You know, there's a lot of companies out there right now that are looking at the digital freight matching and trying to match trucks with loads, you know, kind of from a very tactical or transactional perspective. Our, our, our model is much more longer term relationships and, and overlaying networks and finding synergies and efficiencies that uh, can create long term benefit. Um, so kind of just and, and I'd say the key there is, is allowing companies to even share drop trailers or share fleets that, that have drop trailer capability versus all of the, the live loading and, and, and spot, spot loads that uh, companies sometimes get involved in. Um, from, a, from a pricing standpoint and from an execution standpoint, the technology certainly can assist there as well. Uh, and when I say pricing, I mean creating that mutual benefit for both companies that are involved um, and, and then helping companies easily kind of streamline the execution process associated with with collaboration. So that's some of the areas that we've, we've focused on uh, with the technology. You know, it's interesting you, you brought up, you know, di digital freight and digital freight matching, because that, that's been a topic of conversation for, you know, certainly over the past year or two. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, I think, you know, what's interesting is that there is uh, a spectrum of types of collaboration that can take place, right? So there's more of this more um, um, real-time transactional in nature, but then what you're talking about really is more around um, you know, particularly for companies that have some reliability, some volume, some consistency in their network and being able to match those in a reliable manner where maybe you might, you know, you know, one thinking is that those might, in, in some cases, might lend themselves to a, a dedicated fleet, if you will. But here's an opportunity. There's a different model because you do have that repeatability and that consistency and that reliability is the opportunity to, you know, partner up with another shipper or, or two shippers, let's say, or multiple shippers to create because you have all of you have that um, those characteristics within these specific lanes, there's a high level of confidence that you're able to pull this off. Right. 
Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, we talked a little bit about sharing the sharing of fleets, but um, I think that's one aspect to it. The other aspect is, is companies just being able to uh, share an incumbent carrier that, that uh, one is working with that could be a good fit for the other carrier and just create those, uh, convert those one-way moves into more collaborative round trips for those carriers. Right, right. Well, that brings me to, to the next, you know, point here, because I mean, you know, I, I'm always wearing the shipper, you know, perspective, but obviously when we talk about this type of, uh, uh, you know, programming opportunities, you know, the, the carriers are obviously a big, big part of this as, as well. So can, can we share with us some of the benefits that both shippers and carriers, uh, you know, have achieved and then how do you measure the benefits? Sure, sure. So I would say this, first off, just having the transparency to the opportunities. Um, you know, too often these, these private or dedicated fleets, you, you know, when companies are going through their normal bidding processes, that capacity is not really available or, or visible. Uh, so one of the things that LaneHub does is, is creates an, a platform where companies can easily uh, share that type of capacity. Uh, Lane, from a LaneHub perspective, and now Transplace, we work with those companies during their bid cycle to give them visibility to that private and dedicated fleet capacity that's out there. And again, this is, you know, this capacity is very solid, um, high service capacity and typically runs at below market pricing because many times those fleets are, are running empty or, or deadheading. Uh, so it's, so it's a great opportunity for companies uh, to, to share fleets for sure, for sure. Uh, from a standpoint of the fleets themselves, whether, whether it's a private fleet, a dedicated fleet or, or a common carrier, you know, their ability to kind of grow their service areas. Uh, so today a dedicated fleet may not be able to service a per particular region of the country. Uh, now they can maybe service that knowing that they've got um, a partner company that's, that's uh, providing freight for that backhaul move. Uh, so those are some of the benefits. Uh, I would say also, uh, I touched on a little bit, much less spot freight and, and less disruption to their to their operations because the freight is much more drop trailer capable uh much more friendly uh freight for the fleet um and then from a utilization standpoint um and and the driver impact uh, you know certainly predictable routes um home time for the drivers and then the driver retention equation in this as well uh, all factor into kind of the benefits associated with sharing capacity Right. I think one of the other things, you know, certainly, you know, when you look at things like, I assume you've, your customers, uh, the companies that have been leveraging this have seen, you know, reductions in empty miles or in, in the rates themselves. Uh, I think one of the other things that companies are thinking more and more of these days is from a sustainability angle as well, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I didn't talk about sustainability, but uh, for sure, that's one of the benefits. Um, and, and we've seen uh, companies reporting on that as well. Great, great. So now, you know, um, you, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, TMS, right? And, you know, now that, you know, these collaborative shipping capabilities are, are now part of a broader TMS, uh, in the case of, you know, now coming, joining forces there with, with Transplace and, and, and a broader technology platform. I mean, what are the benefits and, you know, what new benefits or opportunities does it offer to, uh, to customers? Yeah, and, and I would tell you that these are, Exciting times for us. Uh, our goal was to be able to, to take Lane Hub to the next level and certainly Transplace uh, has the ability to do that. Uh, our scale right now, the combined networks is, is well over 30 billion in freight spend. So we definitely have the density to drive value for our customers, which is, which is where it starts really, uh, finding those cross company synergies. 
Um, but the other thing I would say is, is we can go beyond uh, you know, visibility data and, and really get into actionable shipment level data. Um, and that's really where, where the success happens because there's a lot of companies out there that say they have big data, but how much of it is really data you can take action on? And uh, our, our relationship now with Transplace has allowed us to really uh, get to that level of detail with our customers and, and produce results from, from an execution standpoint so they can really realize the value of, of uh, collaboration. A um, couple other things that I'll mention, um, uh, growing cross-client efficiencies, that's a focus for us. So leveraging those carrier fleets across our networks. Uh, you know, one example, we have a, a large uh, beverage manufacturer uh, currently um, who's uh, tendering hundreds of loads per week to, to other shippers that are part of the Lane Hub network and, and leveraging their dedicated fleets. Uh, so it's a win-win for, for both parties. Uh, you know, the, the company with the dedicated fleet is, is finding those backhaul moves and, and certainly the beverage company is uh, uh, gaining capacity at high service and below market pricing. Um, from an operation standpoint, I would say we now have uh, some operational excellence around our ability to facilitate the collaboration across these companies. So now we're focused on uh, market intelligence and benchmarking and ability to bring uh, new innovation and, and continuous improvement. Those are things that all, uh, you know, we've, we've been able to achieve now with Transplace. You know, I mean, it sounds like, you know, going back to just a couple of things you've already mentioned before, I mean, it sounds like density is important here, right? So that, you know, so it's density of, in terms of the number of shippers that spend the lane, everything else that, that uncovers more opportunities to do some of this, uh, you know, lane matching and collaborative, you know, shipping. And there's also density of data, right? Or the value of, of data and, and the uh, insights and the um, you know, more granularity you have there, you know, that, again, that opens up other, you know, opportunities for continuous improvement and, you know, and benefits. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, going back to kind of a success factor here, I, I know one of the things that I was always, uh, uh, you know, my position has always been that it was always generally more difficult for two shippers to get into a conference room and try to hammer out the details themselves and try to manage it themselves. You know, whenever I saw success stories out there around collaborative shipping, it was generally managed by some kind of a third party, whether it was a 3PL or a third party company like, you know, Lane Hub or someone, someone like that that really served as that kind of intermediary to help facilitate, you know, all of that. Um, I mean, do you still see that? Or do you see that? Do you agree with me that usually having some kind of a third party in general helps to, you know, um, uh, build trust uh, in, in creating these relationships and in making sure everything, because exceptions are always going to occur. That's the nature of the, of the that's right. That's the exactly of transportation, right. right. And having yes. a third party to help manage that and keep all parties, you know, align, uh, I view it as still being critically important. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And, and uh, one thing that I'll say is that what's unique about us and differentiates us is it's not, re it's not a requirement. Uh, certainly we can bring those, those uh, resources to the table and, and in many cases we do because our customers are asking, asking for that level of support. Um, but it's not a requirement. So the network, like I said, is very large and, and dense and you have the ability to collaborate with other companies and, and it's not a requirement that you, that you work uh, through, a, through the 3PL aspect of it. Uh, but certainly, yeah, we, we bring a lot of companies uh, uh, value um, by facilitating the collaboration. Great. So, uh, you know, Mark, as, as a way to wrap up then, I mean, what's the first step then in, in getting started with collaborative shipping? I mean, what are some of the key lessons learned to drive success? 
Sure, sure. Yeah, it starts with uh, organizational buy-in, um, and and that starts with um, you know reviewing case studies of of other companies that have seen success. Maybe trialing some lanes. Um, you know, how do our how does our network fit together with some of these other companies from a trial perspective, and then building an ROI so that you can see uh, what the value what the value of it is and how much time and effort you want to put towards it. Um, I would also say start with suppliers uh, in your network because you know you've already got connected networks with those companies, and certainly it's easier to collaborate with with companies that you're already working with. Um, possibly leverage an existing fleet. Um, we, we see the, you know, the, the easiest opportunities come there because one of the two companies already has committed capacity in that, in that dedicated or private fleet. Um, and then of course, uh, companies need to have good data. Uh, so uh, an existing TMS and, and having their, their house in order internally, uh, good data integrity, those types of things. Um, and then, and then, as we just discussed, accelerating the value here uh, by working with a third party. Great. Well, Mark, you know, uh, like like I said earlier, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. It's something that I've been writing about and thinking about and and sharing success stories about uh, over the past couple of decades. And uh, so, so I'm very, uh, um, you know, optimistic about the future of this, particularly because of all the technology and everything we just talked about right now in terms of helping to bring down some of those barriers that have, uh, you know, been a challenge for companies to overcome in the past. So I, so I think we're going to be seeing more of this, you know, moving forward. And like I always say at the end of all our episodes, we always just manage to scratch the surface of these topics, but you certainly provided some great insights and advice for, for our viewers. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Yes. Thank you, Adrian. Appreciate it. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the TransPlace uh, website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Mark, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us, and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Taco Logistics. Have a great day.